just so grateful that he's here today. Um, my husband, Peter, yesterday asked my brother, what, what's your favorite part of being um, a Celebrate Recovery pastor in North Carolina? And, um, you know, he thought about it, but he didn't think very long. And he said, seeing people restored, seeing people transformed, uh, seeing families restored and transformed. And, and it's only, only through the power of Jesus Christ, only by his blood that that happens. And that's why we've brought Celebrate Recovery here. Because we want to see, we want to see lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And and he's the only one who can do that. He's the only one who can bring that kind of hope. So, John, will you come on up here? I'm just so grateful. He's going to bring a great message of hope to us today. So, thank you for being here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. So I have no idea who this Kathleen is that you're talking about. <laughs> I know her as Kathy, and I've known her longer than you, so that's what I'm going to call her. <laughs> uh, my name is John. So if you guys don't mind, uh, Celebrate Recovery, when we give our introduction, uh, we like some feedback. So I'm going to give you my, my CR introduction. I'd love it if you just say, hi, John. And I'm also codependent, so if you don't, it just kind of does something. In my, it kind of triggers me. <clears throat> so... So my name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and I struggle with codependency and anger. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So good to see all of you. Um, uh, got brought out here for this great celebration of what recovery is doing in your community, and I'm just so grateful for, for Kathy and, and your pastor. Um, I'm not just thankful that they brought me. I'm just thankful that they brought Celebrate Recovery, because in my mind, uh, Celebrate Recovery is not Christ, Right? It's not necessarily, self-recovery is not necessarily the answer, right? Jesus is the answer, amen? But as far as I'm concerned, I've been in church my whole life. That self-recovery is the best vehicle, the greatest vehicle I have ever seen for delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ to hurting people. And so you guys doing this means that your community is going to be transformed and your church is going to be transformed. And I'm so grateful that, that you guys um, are doing this. I'm thankful for your ministry, for bringing me here. Uh, I... I, uh, I I'm still working on some stuff in my life. I say that I lead Celebrate Recovery, um, but I need Celebrate Recovery. Um, I'm still very much a work in progress, not that I've attained this yet. I think I saw that verse in your office. Um, I'm still working on my own stuff. And I was in Nashville, Tennessee for the East Coast Summit, and um, uh, I was part of the national team out there and a speaker. And, and um, you know, coming here to, to the Minneapolis area, I, you know, I'm from Duluth originally, and I've, I've lived in Egan for a little while, and I don't remember the traffic being like this. I don't remember that. Um, in, um, in Nashville, when, when we were down there, it was just so bad. It was just, just kind of overwhelming, but we're Christians, so we don't really have problems with that, right? We don't complain about that. No, I, so I struggle with some stuff. Uh, so I've, apparently, I've got some, some frustrations, what we call maybe some road rage. And, uh, and I, you love the people who sit in the left lane going about 45 miles an hour, right? And, and so this person in Nashville is sitting in the left lane, and they're going like 50 miles an hour. And I cannot get around them. And my wife is, is kind of looking at me like, why don't you just settle down? It's and I'm like, don't talk to me like that. And we, you know, Christians don't argue in, in marriage, but we were just having a discussion. We were fellowshipping and we were sharing a little bit um, in, in a loud way. And so she's just trying to get me to settle down. I'm getting angrier and angrier, and I'm like 
a little close to the bumper, the person there, and, and they're driving like this old kind of like a little beat up like Toyota Corolla or something like that, and I got this big Tahoe, and I just, I'm thinking about just going right over the top of them, and so I'm right up, right up on this person's bumper. This I swear is a true story. Right up on their bumper, and we're you know I'm thank I'm thankful that that um, they can't see my bumper stickers because it's a Jesus bumper sticker. So, so I'm right up on them, and I just want to get around them. And I don't know if if you can be honest with me. When some of you who are still a work in progress struggle with road rage, the person that is doing that, don't you want to look at their face? I don't know what it is. I want to see them. And I don't know what it is. I don't necessarily want to do anything, but I just want to see him. So maybe, you know, if I see him somewhere down the road, I can, I don't know what it is. I want to look at their face. So I'm, I finally, finally pull over. And I'm getting up next to him. And I'm just like, Janine's like, it's okay. Just hello. And I was just getting ready to look at him like this. And in that car, I swear to you, was a nun. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so I added anger to codependency. Um, so I've been in Celebrate Recovery for like 13, 14 years. Uh, started out saying I wanted to help all those screwed up people out there, and turns out I am one of those people. Um, my wife struggled with a life-threatening eating disorder. Um, while I was a, a leader in ministry, it was very, very difficult to keep the mask on. While I am leading ministry, being a full-time pastor, doing a lot of different things, um, Celebrate Recovery taught me that it's okay to not be okay, right? It's, it's okay to not be fine and that you can start sharing your struggles no matter what situation you're in. And so I've been doing this for about 13, 14 years. Uh, ministered uh, initially, a, a pastor like Mike walked up to me and gave me a box. I was a social worker and a counselor. I was not in full-time ministry at the time. And they said, hey, this is Celebrate Recovery. It's a Christ-centered 12-step program. Love for you to plug this into, your, into our church. I started doing that. Um, and it was just life-changing. People, I mean, people, whole families, just crazy stuff was happening. Moved out uh, to West By God, Virginia. Um, started ministering there full-time. Got called into full-time ministry. And, uh, and, and it's just been unbelievable to watch every ministry that I've been involved with have just complete community. Not just, not just church change, not just individuals and families, not just church, but whole communities change to get to the point where we really kind of get the simplicity of the gospel. And it's, it, the gospel's simple, isn't it? Isn't it pretty simple? Uh, I, I remember, and it's, I, I'm going to get emotional, every time I look in this direction, my dad is here, uh, his, his best buddy Richard, um, I got to see them. Uh, they started a business, and I just watched them pray together in their, in their workplace, and, and they're really the... the the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing are my dad and Sharon, and um, this is my family. Would you give them a hand? They're here. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but I remember uh, my dad, uh, you know, I don't remember a time. Stop looking at me. Uh, I remember a time <laughs> when, my, when I didn't know who Jesus was. Um, he's got a great story. I'd love for you to hear his story, but... Um, I don't remember a time where I didn't know Jesus. I remember my dad watching old Billy Graham crusades on TV. Do you guys remember the old Billy Graham crusades? You know? And I think it was in black and white. You know, they were just coming down the, he's old, uh, coming down the aisles and just seeing people just, just you know, 
tens of thousands of people hearing this, this message of the gospel. And if you go back and you listen to those messages of Billy Graham's, it's, they're simple. There's nothing like, woo, that was, it's just Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know. And then old Shay singing some, you know, old hymn with a deep old voice, you know. And, and, uh, and then Jimmy Swagger, too. I know before he, anyway, but it was good. To say, he'd just be crying. And, but it was just powerful. He was the real deal back then, man. But I remember Billy Graham, uh, and, and just, to, just even as a kid, just feeling the power of that. And my dad would be in tears. I remember just feeling the emotion of it, even as a young, young kid. And so when I got to move just about four years ago, got to move out to North Carolina, um, one of the coolest things I got to do is go to the Billy Graham Museum. Has anybody ever been to the Billy Graham Museum? Isn't it amazing? It's just amazing. And I was walking through there, and I was feeling, did you get emotional at all when you went there? I mean, I'm just I'm walking through there, and they have the picture of uh, the stadium. I think it was in Moscow, the Olympic Stadium in Moscow, where he was told, um, come on out here. You can do a big crusade out here. It's going to be amazing. But because it was, uh, it was still kind of, uh, uh, it was the USSR was still under communist uh, rule, uh, they, they decided to, when he was out there, they decided that they weren't going to have the crusade after all. And it's a picture of him, and he's just sitting in this stadium, and it's empty. And it says he was just, and he was just praying. It was a picture of him praying in the stadium, and he was praying that that wall would fall. And that that stadium would be full. And the very next picture, you're walking, and the stadium is full of Russian people because the wall did fall, right? And people were listening to the gospel. In fact, I think about ten to 15,000 people were outside the stadium in the freezing cold listening to his voice over the top of the stadium hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm walking through this, and this guy comes up to me afterwards, and I'm, I walk through this whole thing, and I'm sitting in the cafe area, and I'm, I'm just kind of, I, I had been crying, and I'm really emotional, if you can't tell, and I'm just sitting in this cafe, and I'm just overwhelmed. And this guy, he said, I was a volunteer with the Billy Graham Crusades, you know. He, he said, what do you think of it? And he's, 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 a, you know, he's kind of a tour guide, and he's telling me about it. He says, you know, you know Billy Graham was, was a remarkable man. There's a lot of things people don't know about him. I said, oh, like what? He says, yeah, he says, uh, he said, Billy Graham, uh, he, he'd go on these crusades and they would be extended and extended. And they'd get to the point where, you know, Billy would just be exhausted and he'd, he'd fly home to North Carolina. And, and uh, he said one time his family said, we just want to do something really special for him. And so he came, by, came you know, off the airplane and there's a guy, a limo driver with a sign and says, you know, Billy Graham. So Billy Graham's like, oh, this is cool. He goes up to the, the chauffeur, and he's like, hey, is this for me? And the guy goes, yeah. And, you know, Billy's kind of humble. But Billy's like, this is weird. But I've always kind of wanted to drive a limousine, you know? The chauffeur says, well, you're Billy Graham. Do what you want. He throws him the keys, right? So Billy Graham gets in the, in the limousine, and, and what you, he says, what you don't know, too, is is Billy Graham's kind of got a, a lead foot too, man. So he's going like 95, 100 miles an hour in this limousine, just flying down the highway, and a state trooper pulls him over. And the state trooper gets out of, the, out, of the, out of his squad car, and he's a young guy, just kind of out of the academy. He walks up to the, to the window, wraps on the window. The window comes down, and it's Billy Graham. The trooper's like, oh, 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 and he walks back to his car, and he gets on the 
on the you know, radio, and he, and he calls his chief. He says, chief. He's like, listen, you told me at the academy. Settle down, son, settle down. They told me that if, you know, if we pull somebody over, we got to go by the book, but if it's somebody important, we're supposed to call. And he goes, just settle down. Who, who is it? He goes, oh, man, it's big. It's really big. He goes, well, is it the mayor? He goes, oh, it's bigger than the mayor. He said, well, is it, is it like the governor? And he goes, oh, it's bigger than the governor. He goes, well, who is it? He says, well, I'm not sure, but I think it's Jesus because Billy Graham's a chauffeur, right? <laughs> that guy was telling me a story. He had me all the way to that point. I'm like, What? Celebrate Recovery is about the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. We are each of us vessels, right? Jars of clay, we're, we're transporting Jesus Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit to hurting men and women and children and youth. I've gotten to see things like Jimmy. Jimmy was uh, a young guy in Celebrate Recovery who uh, was tricked into, into coming to CR. I was told it was, was going to be a counseling session, but apparently it was with about 150 people, right? So he comes into the back, and he's standing in the back, and he's leaning up against the wall, and his, his hands are folded like this. I remember him coming for the first time. He was a mechanic and a volunteer firefighter, but he had an alcohol problem. And his marriage was falling apart. But pretty soon, he keeps coming, and, and he's kind of a backseat Baptist. You know, he's in the far, far, but nothing against you all. It's cool if you want to be a Baptist. He's sitting in the far back, and then he starts kind of moving up, moving up, moving up. And pretty soon, he says, hey, hey, John, and he's just very quiet, and I think he's, like, mad at me the whole time. He's always scowling at me, but he just comes up to me and says, hey, I'd like to help with that little volunteer thing you're doing. We park cars for a hospital. Um, put our CR shirts on, just want to get ourselves out in the community. And so he, we're, we're parking cars that day, and, uh, and uh, he picked me up uh, in his Jeep and, and didn't say like two words to me the whole time. And I'm like, man, what is this guy's deal? And he puts me in his Jeep, and we're riding home after this volunteer thing. And I mean, he didn't say anything to me, like there and back, and sitting in his Jeep in front of my house, and I'm trying everything. I said, well, thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate uh, you picking me up. And he goes, hey, hey, before you go. What do I have to do to get saved? Like, well, uh, we, we were Tuesday nights. And I said, uh, Tuesday night, uh, just come on down to the altar and we can pray. And he goes, well, what if I want to do it right now? I said, well, we'll just do it right now. We'll just pray about that right now. He got saved in the Jeep in front of my house without me saying a word to him. Because Christ had already been dealing with him about his issues. You've been hearing the simple message of the gospel every Tuesday night. He came up to me a couple of weeks later, and he's just so excited. He had about four months of sobriety from alcohol. He and his wife were reconciling, and he comes up. He says, John. I said, Jimmy. And he's like, listen, I have to tell you something. He said, I went through my first DUI checkpoint sober. He said, I got so excited, I turned around, I drove through it again. You know, And I'm like, Jimmy, that's awesome. Right. 
Mark 5, verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Jesus got out of the boat. A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he'd cry out and cut himself with stones. Sounds like a messy dude. Jesus saw him from a distance. He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, son of the most high God? Jesus said, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. What is your name? He said, my name is? Six to 12,000 made up a legion. That's a lot of demons. He begged Jesus again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. Demons begged Jesus, send us in the pigs. He gave them permission. The spirits came out, went into the pigs. About 2,000 in number rushed into the steep bank and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And the people began to plead with Jesus, get out of here, leave our region. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who was demon-possessed begged to go with him, and Jesus would not let him. Instead, he said, go home to your own people. Tell how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Four things I'm going to give you really fast. You've got to know this. This is what the gospel is. This is what Celebrate Recovery is. This is what CR is. If you don't get anything, I want you to hold on to this. Number one. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, let us go to the other side when he talked to his disciples. In the middle of that time, something happened. Do you remember? They're going across the Sea of Galilee. Something happened. What was it? Big old storm rose up, right? The story starts there. The disciples were learning about what Celebrate Recovery is about, what the gospel is all about. The first lesson that they learned was this. There is nothing that can keep Jesus away from a lost soul. Nothing. No storm. No addiction. No marital problem. No car accidents. <laughs> nothing can keep Jesus Christ away from his lost one. All of it was about this guy. Do you believe Jesus is about the one? He said he'd leave the 99 to go get the one. I don't care what kind. That's why he said, you of little faith. He wasn't talking about the storm. The storm had nothing to do with what he was talking to the disciples about. That storm was nothing to Jesus. That's why he was asleep. The storm was of no consequence. He had a laser focus on that lost one. So when the disciples are freaked out about the storm, he's telling them and he's telling us, 
It's not about the storm. It's about the lost one. Don't let anything get in the way between you and the lost one, right? Secondly, I don't know about you, but I have never read anywhere in Scripture where demons thought that they could take Jesus. Did you ever see a demon be like, let's get this guy, man. I think we could take him. Did you ever see that? Demons would freak out. They would run the other way. So how is it that this guy, as soon as Jesus steps out of the boat, how is it that this guy is able to run down the hill full of 12,000 demons and get to Jesus' feet? I don't think anybody's ever lost enough. There's nobody who's, who's so full of demons that they can't make a decision to come to the feet of Jesus. There's nobody who's too lost to come to the feet of Jesus. Amen? You don't look at anybody and say, that person's too lost. I've seen it over and over. The last person you'd expect is the person that Jesus is after, man. Nobody can keep Jesus from the lost one, and nothing can keep the lost one from Jesus. Thirdly, when the people heard that this man was completely delivered, what did they do? Yay, we're so excited. They said, get him out of here. People who are traditional, people who like comfort, people who like things the way that they always have been, don't like it when the Holy Spirit actually starts to work because it's messy stuff. You're like, man, don't you see what's happening? And trust me, people will be like, mm, boy, that's not really what we like to do here. That's messy, man. That guy came in with alcohol on his breath. Did you smell that? Did you know that church is supposed to be a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for saints? Amen. So when people come into the church who need Jesus, it's a good thing. Amen? Sometimes though, the church can be this place where it's like, hey, look, I know you're bleeding, but look, you're getting it all over the floor, and look, you know, why don't you patch yourself up and then come back to the hospital? That's not what hospitals do. Fourth thing. This is important. And the worship team, you guys come on up. We're going to end in worship here. The fourth thing you need to know is this. Please get this. The man who was 30 minutes ago possessed by demons, in 30, about 30 to maybe 45 minutes, he went to Jesus and said, hey, now that I'm delivered, can I come with you? And Jesus said, no. Why? That was his plan the whole time. He wasn't just seeking that man. He didn't just want to save that man, but he wanted to send that man. Did you know that that demon-possessed man in 45 minutes didn't go to seminary? Didn't have, a, didn't have one Bible study class? I don't see him even getting baptized. And he becomes the first evangelist to the Gentile people. The Decapolis were the ten biggest Gentile cities in the Roman Empire. Jesus had already said, I'm not really here. I can't, you know, I just, my reach is to the Jews, but he sent that man out. Because I don't know about you, you get around Christian people who are new to their faith, they're super annoying, aren't they? They just can't get enough about who Jesus is. And that's what Celebrate Recovery is all about. Sometimes we get so much distance between when we were saved to, to now who we are, and we're kind of, we forgot that you don't know how much you need Jesus until he's all you got. 
So I want you to try to get in touch with this vision of the gospel. When pastor brought this in, it was all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's no different than anything else that any other church says is, is what the, the, the main thing is. But sometimes we can kind of forget what the main thing is in the run of the church. And I, I don't think that's happening here. Obviously not, man. You have Celebrate Recovery, and we are super excited about it. But we want you to be involved, man. We want the whole church to embrace this thing and say, man, that's who we are. Because recovery is ultimately just Christianity, man. And Christianity is just recovery because we all need it, don't we? Not that I've attained this yet. Would you stand with me? Would you close your eyes and just bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I just think that there's some folks here right now they're in one of these three places 